Hello to all and welcome to the Apostolic Scribbler. I am your host, Yolanda Osborne Khan, and we are glad that you have joined us. Last week's lesson was entitled, Hell in the Hallway. We talked about hell in the hallway as an intense time of warring and fighting in the spiritual realm. We learned that in the process of our faith being under pressure, that when we are subject to God, we are able to resist the devil and he will flee. There were three key areas we discussed in which the devil will tempt us, and we know this because this is how he tempted Jesus. And as a matter of fact, Satan still uses these very same strategies against us today. Um, they're listed in the book of James, and they're known as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. We learned that when we develop the ability to resist the devil in these areas, he will flee. And then we too can say what Jesus said when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, get thee behind me. In other words, Satan, kick rocks. Guess what? You're not here by chance, but by divine appointment. Listen in now as we delve into today's topic, prayer and fasting, the power twins. There are habits in our lives, situations, and things that Satan is just unwilling to let go. He is unwilling to be driven from where we have long been his slave. We have long been captive in certain areas of our lives. And when he cannot deceive or destroy us in these areas, he will cause all types of disruption, terror, and torment. Well, we as Christians, followers of Christ, must not think that all work right? Healings, deliverances, and miracles will always be us praying with the same ease and the same type of voice, right? Some issues will call for more than prayer. Well, what you're asking is, but more of what? Well, Matthew 17 and 21, and I want to read a few versions of this scripture, and we'll start with the King James Version, but it states, how be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And then we have the NASB, which says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And then I want to read the Amplified Bible. The Amplified Bible says, but this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So, the boy with an evil spirit in Mark 9 goes like this, and we'll start at the 28th verse. After Jesus had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? In verse 29, Jesus answered, this kind cannot come out except by prayer and fasting. So there are great difficulties and duties that we are required to do as Christians. And some of these duties require that we set ourselves apart and that it requires special preparation and self-denial. When we have want to rid ourselves of the comforts of our flesh, then part of the things that we need to do in order to mortify it and kill it is to pray and fast, and we need to do those things together. And so what Jesus was saying to the disciples was that 
they needed to do something else other than pray. And that meant that when they needed to fast, they would need to have some special preparation of submitting, killing, mortifying, right? Bringing their flesh under subjection. So we've got to learn in today's day that we have to bring our body, our temple up under subjection. And we need to do it without making excuses, right? We need to be able to handle the scripture and we need to rightly divide it because if we want God to heal us, heal me, heal my children, heal my husband, co-worker, right? I can talk about me, right? If I want God to do the impossible and if I want to walk in the impossible, then it would do me well to add fasting with my prayer. Because real fasting is not a diet. And I can show you that in scripture. We can go to Isaiah 58 uh, verses 1 through 12. Because this tells us what type of fast God wants. So we'll start at verse 1. Shout it loud and clear. Don't hold back. Let your voice be like a trumpet blast. Declare my people their rebellion and to Jacob's tribes their sin. Yes, daily they seem to seek me, pretending that they delight to know my ways, as though they were a nation that does what is right. And had not rejected the law of their God, they asked me to show them the right way, acting as though they are eager to be close to me. They say, why is it that when we fasted, you did not see it? We starved ourselves and you didn't seem to notice. Because on the day you fasted, you were seeking only your own desires and you continue to exploit your workers. During your fast, you quarrel and fight with others and strike them with an angry fist. When you fast like that, your voice will not be heard on high. Do you think I'm impressed with that kind of fast? Is it just a day to starve your bodies and make others think you're humble? and lie down in sackcloth and ashes? Do you call that a fast? Do you think I, Yahweh, will be pleased with that? This is the kind of fast that I desire. Remove the heavy chains of oppression. Stop exploiting your workers. Set free the crushed and the mistreated. Break off every yoke of bondage. Share your food with the hungry. Provide for the homeless and bring them into your home. Clothe the naked. Don't turn your back on your flesh and blood. Then my favor will bathe you in sunlight until you are like the dawn bursting through a dark night. And then suddenly your healing will manifest. You will see your righteousness march out before you and the glory of Yahweh will protect you from all harm. Then Yahweh will answer you when you pray. When you cry out for help, he will say, I am here. If you banish every form of, of oppression, the scornful accusations and vicious slander, and if you offer yourselves in compassion for the hungry and relieve those in misery, then your dawning light will arise in the darkness and your gloom will turn into noonday splendor. Yahweh will always guide you where to go and what to do. He will fill you with refreshment even when you are in a dry, difficult place. He will continually restore strength to you so you will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing trustworthy spring of blessing. Your people will rebuild long deserted ruins, building a new on foundations laid long before you. 
you will be known as repairers of the cities and restorers of communities. If you stop pursuing your own desires on my holy day and refrain from disregarding the Sabbath, if you call the Sabbath a delightful pleasure and Yahweh's holy day honorable, if you honor it properly by not chasing your own desires, serving your own interests and speaking empty words, then you will find the joyous bliss that comes from serving Yahweh. And I will cause you to prosper and be carried triumphantly over the high places of the land. You will enjoy the heritage of Jacob, your ancestor. Certainly the mouth of Yahweh has spoken. So fasting is intentional. And the main purpose of fasting is developing spiritual strength, including resisting temptation. So clearly when God is giving us instructions about fasting, what he's telling us is that when we fast and we turn our plate, right, our attitude and our mental and physicality should be focused on what he is saying, not what he is saying to our hearts, not us showing, you know, and proving to people that we are on a fast. No one has to know we're on a fast. We don't have to put on a show. We don't have to impress others by starving our bodies and making it appear that we are humble. But when we fast, we are to be able to come forth and burst where the chains and the strongholds have been removed. That if we are doing things in our lives that aren't of God, that God can break the yoke, that he can break the bondage and to teach us what it is that we need to be doing during this time of mourning and during this time of being able to get strength and to get affirmation on how we are to proceed. So if we will stop pursuing our own desires and and when we have a fast, right, have a plan, right? Talk to God before we just say, okay, I'm going to skip this meal and then call it a fast. Again, fast is intentional. And it is part of developing self-mastery and making our spirit man master of our body, master of our stomach, master of our belly, showing humility and not walking in pride. So I believe real fasting comes from doing without food when it comes to uh, mortifying our flesh, subjecting it and having control over it. Sure, you can fast from other things, and, and they can help, but manhandling your flesh takes true grit and honesty. And in order to rule your flesh, you've got to deny its comforts. So let's just get this disclaimer right here. If you have medical issues, um, you know, anything such as anorexia or bulimia, any type of eating disorder, disorder this is not for you, nor um, anyone that's taking, you know, medical uh, medications or um, anything that uh, denotes that you can't eat, right? And if it's going to put you in a tailspin of other issues, then you need to make sure that you consult with your doctor. I am not a doctor. I'm just speaking on the Power Twins prayer and fasting, why they are important in our spiritual walk. So another scripture that I want to point out is Jonah uh, chapter 3, and the Ninevites believed God, and a fast was proclaimed, and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, 
He rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, and covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. Now this is the king. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Okay, so this is a king who has made a proclamation telling the people that they are not to eat. Not only was it everyone, man, woman, child, baby, cat, dog, bird, right? He said they are not to taste anything, nor are they to eat or drink. So fasting, the results of fasting gives us more than what we can see on the front end. It is a process that you have to go through to understand what God is doing, not just within your body and the physical change that your body is happening, right? The renewal of the cells and all that. It's not just that. It's the spiritual closeness of being able to hear God on a clearer level. So fasting gives us more than our Cheetos or Doritos or a glass of wine or chocolate or beer, any of our indulgence, any of our indulgences that can that we can ever think that we need. We have to be honest with ourselves and want to give it up for a period of time so we can get our complete healing, our answer, our miracle. You know, there are three people in the Bible, such as Elijah, um, Peter, and Paul. And all of these men in the Bible uh, were used by God in a very powerful way. And not only did they pray, but they fasted. Elijah fasted for 40 days. Peter and Paul, we know that they lived a fasted life because they walked with Jesus. But what I want to say is Elijah's mantle, Peter's shadow, Paul's apron. These were all things that were carried upon their person that was full of the supernatural of what was transposed to them from the Holy Spirit those things that were on their person was used to, you know, cross over to people. Second Kings talks about when um, the mantle was taken from Elijah and it struck the water, that when it struck it, it divided and Elisha was able to cross over. And then in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 5, People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that when Peter walked by, his shadow might fall upon some of them and they were healed. This is not because the shadow was magical. This is because, and this doesn't mean that Elijah's mantle was magic, right? It's not that. What God is showing us is that when we add the effectual prayer plus effective fasting, then we will walk in the supernatural. And that's what was happening. Elijah, Peter, and Paul were walking in the supernatural. And Acts gives us another reference for Paul because it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons. So people were taking bits of his clothing and were laying them out and brought to the body of the sick. And so the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. 
Again, when we pray and fast effectively, we are taking a deliberate and willful approach to subdue our flesh and feast on the bread of life, which in turn takes us to a level of supernatural faith where we will experience miracles, healing, signs, and wonders, just like Elijah, Peter, and Paul. Right? Because Paul depended on spiritual weapons of warfare, and those weapons are prayer and fasting. The weapons of our warfare that, that God's power to pull down strongholds. He did not rely on human strategy and wisdom, but on power supplied by God. Paul knew his struggle was not against flesh and blood, right? But against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil, like Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us. So his weapons of warfare were the power twins, Listen, my friend, there is a standard of effectual prayer that is coupled with fasting. We can go ye therefore preach the gospel and heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the leper. We can do all of that, just like Elijah, Peter, and Paul. We can tread upon serpents and scorpions too, but it's going to have to be with us acknowledging that we must kill our flesh. We've got to come to grips and understand that the Daniel's fast is not a diet. We have got to, me, myself included, we've got to take on fasting as a, a tool, a real weapon in our, our armory, right? And so prayer and fasting, the power twins, activate. And when you do, expect the impossible. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find us on multiple platforms such as Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Podcasts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Visit me online at The Apostolic Scribbler. If you would like to support this podcast, you can subscribe or make a one-time donation. Have a question or a topic you would like to discuss? Visit me online at theapostolicscribbler.com. Join us on Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as well as Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we examine and investigate the mysteries of the Bible. Tune in next time and together we may be surprised by what we find out.